Changing the world of work isn't about tactics. It's not about meetings or metrics. It isn't about the benefits, perks, or opportunities. It's about being brave enough to put love first. Everything rises and falls on leadership. So as leaders, we're the ones who have to make it happen. This is the Love in Action Podcast. And here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Welcome, Love and Action Nation and the world to episode 33. Today is a special edition. I get to hang out with you and reflect on some of the biggest lessons I learned from the amazing guests we've had on this show in 2019. And I want to pass along those lessons to you for you to be a better leader. But first, I want to start with this. You guys know that I begin my interviews with a gratitude moment, and I always ask my guests this question. What makes you smile when you get up in the morning these days? So having said that, I'm going to begin this episode the same way. In case you're wondering, what brings a smile to my face when I get up in the morning? And here it is. It's seeing the faces of my wife and my six-year-old boy, plain and simple. They are two gifts from above. See, there was a time when I didn't feel I could be a dad. I had all kinds of hangups about, you know, being too old or too busy to raise a child or too this or too that. All these excuses that I made were self-limiting beliefs that I was imposing on myself. Look, let's just call it for what they are. They were lies. And I was believing this script that was playing in my head. And it was a lie. And thank God I had my son because he is the second best thing that has ever happened to me. So what's the first? Oh, that's easy. It was finding my only one and true love in my wife. And that's my wife, Noelle. I'm not the same person I was before I met her. And that's a very good thing. She has made me better every single day. And that is what makes me smile when I get up in the morning. How about you guys? So I have to say that I am also thankful for having created this podcast and I did it for you. No, seriously, I don't do it because I make money off this thing. I don't, not one penny. And I don't do it because I want to be famous. This is my mission. It's my calling. It's what gets me up in the morning. And it's why I spend the majority of my time interviewing the world's top leaders and influencers and why I spend so much time writing and speaking and coaching leaders, because there's got to be a better way. I got so tired of seeing how companies continue to see people as objects or functions to be used for profit or as a means to an end, while disregarding their livelihoods, their health, their well-being. You know, I've seen and experienced some crazy stuff just like you have. I once landed in ER because of stress due to toxic work conditions. And I was once part of a multi-billion dollar company that folded overnight because ownership lacked integrity in how they operated, costing 400 innocent people to lose their jobs without notice. But what if we rewrote the script? What if people came to work and experienced kindness and respect and compassion and were given a voice What if we saw each other from the janitor sweeping the floors all the way up to the C-suite executive as real people with real feelings and hopes and dreams? 
So what if one day people came to a work environment to actually connect with each other as one human being to another so that we can contribute and use our brains and imagination and achieve great things together without being squashed and without having the life sucked out of us? What if we worked alongside people with shared human values where we felt safe to experiment and fail and not feel ashamed, rejected, or run out of the building? Well, I can tell you, if people came to work and felt those positive things, the dynamic in the workplace is going to be radically different. But guess what? These things are happening. And what I found is that in truly human workplaces, those companies that are also profitable, love in action shows up at every leadership level and runs counter to fear, control, micromanagement, greed, and self-centeredness. And as a leader, see, we have this enormous responsibility to take care of people. And people are naturally wired at their core to want to be taken care of. And when they are, amazing things happen in the business. Now, I just explained to you the why behind Love in Action. This is what we're about. And so know that every guest I invite to the show, I have handpicked because I believe our work and our messages align. So some of the conversations this year have blown my mind, and that's what I want to get to next. I'm going to highlight some of the top takeaways of 2019, 10 of them, in fact, that I've extracted from 32 episodes. I wish I had the time to have 32 takeaways. Believe me, that would be about a three-hour podcast because each guest is worthy of a takeaway. But for now, in no particular order or ranking, I bring you my personal 10 takeaways of 2019. Number 10, Erica Keslin, author of Bring Your Human to Work. My conversation with Erica takes us back to episode two. You know, in the age of technology disrupting how we communicate and how we do work, the ability to connect on a human level and experience emotions and display the best of our humanity, those things are going to become the clear differentiators. Erica said if every leader created a strategy to ensure that people are reaching out and connecting in an authentic way on a human level, and not just through our devices, our apps and texting and email, we're going to see a stunning difference in the people dynamics at work and how business is conducted. Takeaway number nine, legendary leadership expert and best-selling author Ken Blanchard. Back in episode three, Ken told me that the key to creating a great organization is to walk around and see if you can catch people doing things right. So unlike most bosses that want to catch people doing things wrong so they can reprimand them and correct them, Ken says, catch people doing something right so you can praise them, encourage them, and celebrate those right behaviors so that you're reinforcing those things systemically. In Ken's own words, this is how a leader can show unconditional love. Takeaway number eight, Claude Silver, Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia. Claude 
takes us back to episode seven, and she says she goes into every conversation with an employee with two things in mind. One is being non-judgmental. But for us to be non-judgmental, she says we got to exercise that lost human skill of being an active listener. And the second thing is having a mindset of serving and coming into every conversation with, how can I help you? Number seven, Steve Farber, author of Love is Just Damn Good Business. Back on episode 26, Steve and I both agree that when employees experience love in action from their leaders, they're going to become more loyal, more creative, they're going to work harder and be more inspired. And so when that happens, they're much more likely to produce experiences that your customers are going to love. That's Steve's point, because they're loving the work that they do. And so they're feeling like their leaders care about them. So check this out. Here's what Steve told me, and so many others I've interviewed would agree with this. When love is baked into the employee experience, the customer experience is going to be off the charts. Your customers are going to reciprocate with loyalty and referrals. That's the impact of love all the way around. And I believe, and Steve would agree with me, it starts with leaders. You hold the power. Takeaway number six, Tomas Chamorro Premusic. He is professor of business psychology at University College London, as well as Columbia University, and the author of the prolific new book, Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? and how to fix it. Let me tell you, this episode, episode 12, was a huge wake-up call. So in his research, Tomas says that we're rewarding the wrong masculine traits in leadership roles. So more often than not, when we perceive people in leadership roles as charismatic and bold and charming or extroverted, we wrongly assume that they must have leadership potential. And unfortunately, later on, these traits will backfire. We have to evaluate, hire, and promote our leaders on competence, not going off stylistic points, executive presence, or what we feel as a hunch about them, because our intuition is often wrong. So here's the clincher. If we select leaders on the pro-social traits and soft skills that are known as being more feminine traits, but also that leads to success on the job, things like humility, integrity, and emotional intelligence, we're going to have a different type of male leader. And that's going to open up a lot of doors for amazing women leaders as well to join the leadership ranks. So then the tide of great leadership will rise for both men and women. And that's a win-win for everyone. Takeaway five. Mark C. Crowley, speaker, thought leader, podcaster, and author of the classic book, Lead from the Heart. So back on episode 15, Mark has so many gold nuggets of wisdom. And one of those is get to know your people on a personal level. Well, that sounds like a no-brainer, but do enough leaders and managers actually carve out time to truly get to know their people? Mark says you cannot manage people if you don't know their story. So for example, what are their strengths, their gifts? How do they like to be recognized? What's important to them? What are their goals a year from now, three years from now? You can't know any of that unless you know their story. Takeaway four, 
Kristen Hadid, founder of Student Made and author of Permission to Screw Up. I had a blast talking to Kristen back on episode 18. You know, people often question Kristen because her wildly successful cleaning business is mostly employed by students. So the skeptics ask, why do you invest so much in these students when they're going to move on after they graduate? Not to mention, so many of them are only part-timers. Ah, so she answers the skeptics by paraphrasing a popular quote. What if we invest in this person and they leave? But what if we don't and they stay? Oh man, that's a problem you don't want to have as a leader. So Gallup talks about the, quote, actively disengaged employee as being that person who's emotionally disconnected from their work, and they will actively sabotage the workplace and act out to damage the company. So Kristen says, the more you invest in people, the more engaged they are on the job, because in their hearts and minds, they know that the organization cares about them as human beings. That does something to a person's heart. It impacts them deeply. So when you develop and mentor people and you help them grow, even though they may move on, she says the most ironic thing happens. People don't want to leave. Takeaway number three is from Julie Winkle Giulioni. She is the co-author of the bestseller, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go. On episode 13, Julie really opened up my eyes. She told me that career development is the primary reason people come to work. It's what they're attracted to, but it's also one of the primary reasons people quit. And truth is, according to the numbers, only 25% of the working population is satisfied with their career development that they're receiving. This is the problem that Julie addresses on episode 13 and also in her book and her life's work. Julie says that people have an innate desire to learn and grow. It's just in our human design. So helping your employees to develop and grow serves them in their human drive to do and be more. And it also serves the organization as a needs to be and do more as well. Takeaway number two comes from Douglas Conant, former CEO of Campbell Soup Company and the best-selling author of Touchpoints. Back in episode 11, I sat down with Doug, who, by the way, is a true leadership legend, to talk about his book, Touchpoints. Now, if you haven't read the book, please go out and buy it. It's truly a classic. Doug emphasizes the importance of these brief, small interactions, which lasts anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes, that you as a leader, you've got to be very fluid in learning about these touchpoint moments because all management activities, says Doug, are happening in the moment, not in some big strategy meeting in the boardroom, but they're happening in these micro moments that happen throughout the day. What we need to learn to do is to be more effective in those moments because so much of our time as leaders is spent flying around by the seat of our pants. And finally, my number one takeaway, and that comes from Bob Chapman, CEO of Barry Waymiller and the best-selling co-author of Everybody Matters. It's quite fitting that I would end this list with Bob Chapman. He's the 
prototype leader for why I created this podcast. You see, Bob used to be a command and control boss, and the people that worked for him, he saw them as functions, as objects for his personal success that he needed to operate his business. Because what he learned about leadership up until that time from business school had to do with money and power and position. It was about the status, right? He wasn't taught that he had to care about the people that he had the privilege of leading, only that management was for the manipulation of others for his success. So one day he had a revelation. He said, people spend 40 hours a week here. We have the most influence in the world on people's sense of purpose and self-worth because we have them in our hands for 40, sometimes 50 hours a week. And here's the clincher. Bob realized he couldn't see people as functions anymore when he saw that everybody is somebody's precious child placed under his care and that the business would have a huge impact on their personal lives. So what that meant for Bob Chapman is this. Business can be the most powerful force for good in the world if we simply cared about the people we have the opportunity to lead. You know, and it takes courage because that's not what we are being taught. It's not what we learn and it's not what we practice. But when we learn to care for others and they trust your leadership and they trust the culture and they trust each other, that is going to become one of the best companies to work for, as it has been the case for Barry Waymiller, a $4 billion global corporation. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of some of the best takeaways of the year. You know, there were so many, many more, believe me. I just encourage you to please go and listen to some of the earlier episodes and conversations with other influencers like Howard Behar, Dan Cable, Jim Harder, Annie McKee, Sally Helgeson, Mike Vacanti, Richard Sheridan, and others. Thank you so much for taking the time from your busy schedule to join me today. I am grateful, and I will be even more grateful to you for sharing this episode so we can take the Love in Action movement forward. Hey, Love in Action Nation. If you're enjoying the format of the show and the topics we talk about, and you want to bring this conversation to your company event or conference, I would love to explore the possibilities. Whether it's speaking or moderating a live discussion or a Q&A panel, or even producing a series of podcasts before and after your event, let's talk. You can reach me by email personally at marcel at loveinaction.club. That's Marcel, M-A-R-C-E-L, at loveinaction.club.